Hi everyone and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 2 of the podcast, The Gig of Growing Up. Um, I'd just like to say thank you for everyone who listened in Season 1. I can't even say anything other than the fact that I'm super grateful for everyone listening and um, as much as this might seem serious, this podcast that I do on the outside, it's something that I just really enjoy and it's something that really helps me with clearing my thoughts and getting my ideas across and it's it's just been a lot of fun making and creating this. So I've decided that in season two I want to have more episodes of just me talking. I feel like I've learnt a lot from the first season and the biggest thing that I think I've learnt was that I want to talk more. I want to have episodes where we can really discuss certain things where it's just me kind of explaining things, um, different topics. Like this episode, this episode is going to be about resolutions. I recently, well, not so recent, but I made a post in the early January stating um, New Year's resolutions and what are your New Year's resolutions. I wanted to write about it because I think for me in 2021, I felt like I was disappointing myself a lot. I felt that I wasn't accomplishing as much as I wanted to. And some of you might listen to that and be like, well, you started a podcast, that's pretty cool. And it is very cool and I'm enjoying it a lot. But I still had that pressure on me that I wasn't kind of completing the dreams or aspirations that I'd set my mind to or had wanted to put out there. And that kind of pressure really got to me and in 2022 I decided this idea of New Year's resolutions or just resolutions in general because this episode might come out not really that early on but new resolutions in general I feel like they're kind of misguided and I think a lot of people put an intense amount of pressure on themselves to be this perfect person that gets through a year where they've done so many things and I know the feeling of watching you know your friends or people on social media or just just watching you know these amazing people get through life this could be anyone like influencers or just you know public speakers or whatnot and just complete the most outrageous fucking things in one year and as much as that's awesome and as much as like that's a great feat on those people's path it's not really realistic and I feel like it can be very detrimental to you know people's de- mental health because who knows what can happen in a fucking year you know there's a lot of stuff that can happen in a span of 365 days and that's what I wanted to base this podcast or this episode on um, and back to the main point which was I was going to say is that I want to bring myself into the podcast more and evolve a little bit in season one, I learned a lot. We spoke about a lot of things, but when you have two people in the room, I feel like you can only get out so much of one particular topic because, you know, you've got two opinions going in two different stories and really you want to hear the other person's story more than mine. But I'm kind of thinking, why don't we combine the two, create episodes where it's just me where I talk about something specific where I share my experience but also you know get some research onto it and speak about it very broadly like a lot of other podcasts do and also have some episodes where I have people on where we can really um, 
also get, you know, various opinions and things going. I think that would be the next step for season two. Um, Yeah, so expect that. So back to resolutions and New Year's resolutions. I'm going to read out a post that I posted a couple weeks ago on the Gig of Growing Up Instagram. I wrote, hold on, give me a moment. I wrote, what are your New Year's resolutions? They're a tricky little activity we all rack our brains around about the end of each year. Even though we've already, we're already 10 days into the new year, I wanted to write a little expose about this end of year tradition, PSA. You don't need to have one. And for anyone who doesn't know what PSA means, it means public service announcement. As someone who suffers from anxiety, I know the feeling of placing an abundant amount of pressure and then an even greater feeling of disappointment when those expectations or promises are never met. I've learned that throughout the years, you can only do your best, but sometimes that means learning and figuring out what your best is. This can be from lowering your expectations as to what you can complete in a day to just resting and appreciating how you feel for a moment. As young adults, we put so much pressure on ourselves, whether that's working working every day of the week without any breaks, being constantly mentally stable and making sure your social life, personal and romantic life is all equal and balanced. Sorry, babe. That's just not realistic. The truth is, you can't expect to be 100% of the time perfect. So, if this concept is easy enough for you to understand, you should get what I'm about to say next. Let's take the pressure off ourselves and be realistic about what you and I know you can achieve next. Instead of a New Year's resolution sounding a bit like I'm going to eat only non-processed foods this entire year, plus an hour of exercise every day, try something like, I'm going to try and designate one meal a day or a week that consists of non-processed foods. This goes for exercise as well. Start with once a week, then if you really enjoy or hate it, do more, less or fucking none. Changes like these can surprise you. What I'm trying to put out there is if you lessen the load of expectation and pressure you and the world puts on you, you can still achieve happiness and satisfaction with moderated New Year's resolutions. Take a deep breath and be present. Happy New Year. So, the reason why I wrote this is last year I felt that I didn't complete as much as I wanted to and maybe it was a year that had so many great highs, but also, you know, there were a couple of lows too. I'd say for me one of my biggest things was finishing the years and finishing 2021 I felt like I hadn't I hadn't done it enough even though there were these great highs as I said and great lows getting into a relationship um, being very emotionally aware and learning how to relax which is something that I'm not always good at um, and going to a great uni and making new friends I still didn't feel like I still felt disappointed in what I had achieved and I didn't know why and I was thinking about it and for a period of my life like three years ago there was a very large chunk where I put like an intense amount of pressure on myself when I was about I don't know 15 16 and that was when I had an eating disorder and I put so much pressure on myself and I had such a rigid schedule and I kind of felt 
like I was completing everything that I wanted to complete because of this amount of pressure I was putting on and I didn't allow to fail, which was toxic in hindsight and that was not good. I didn't I didn't allow myself to fail. But since recovering from that and, you know, unlearning all those bad habits of intense pressure and kind of this toxic, unmatchable mindset, I lost a lot of motivation with different things. And this is kind of to say that in order to have a realistic expectation of yourself and what you can achieve, you have to find that balance of knowing how much pressure you can put on yourself and knowing what is possible. In 2021, I don't think I put enough pressure on myself. I think I had a really big year of relaxation and I kind of forgot to do the things that I love, which was, I think in hindsight, a bit of a problem as well. And I'm kind of grateful, though, that I had that experience of 2021 being a year of no pressure in a way because I learned that a little bit of pressure is really good. I kind of went from one end of the spectrum to the other and now I'm just trying to figure out the median. Um, And that's something that I really value and that's really what I want to talk about. In 2022, it finally fucking feels like life is getting back to normal. I, f- I feel this weight coming off everyone's shoulders. We've been in lockdown. Well, we've been in and out of lockdowns for three years now, which, you know, is absolutely insane and it's just boring to talk about now because we really have to move on. But it feels it feels like 2022 is going to be better. I mean, everyone probably says that at the start of every year, but it really does. It feels like... 2021 was kind of a year of struggle and I want to know what other people thought because my 21, 2021 could be completely different to other people. But it felt like it was new beginnings but also struggle, trying to find your feet in complex places and and I just feel like 2022 is where we're now settled. Everyone's settled and we just have to, you know, grind and work hard. It's a really weird mix of things and... I really, I'm going to tell you guys what my New Year's resolution is going to be because I've kind of figured it out that over the over time I need to find a balance and I need to find a middle ground of what I can achieve. I really want to get good at that actually. This is just a side note. Part of my New Year's resolution is to be really good at knowing what I want. I really want to trust my gut. For some reason... Trusting my gut seems like one of the most exciting things to do and I think that because I want to be good at knowing my intuition. I want to be good at when I know like something's off or like when I'm in a tricky situation and some shit hits the fan. Like how good it would be to avoid a situation if you know your gut is telling you the right thing. And I want to know my gut so that I can balance my life. Last year I was tired all the time or burnt out and I get really sick when I overwork like I thought I had a COVID scare about three months ago I'd say and I was dead like I thought I had every single symptom sore throat you know cough super tired I went into the you know um check-in or whatever it's called the testing isolation PCR I got a PCR test that's what I'm trying to say I got a PCR test and came back negative but for those like 
30 hours of waiting until I got that test back, I was having a mental breakdown and I didn't understand why I was so sick. Like it literally came out of nowhere and I realized it was just because I burnt myself out and that's something I want to avoid. Like examples of this is like with work, avoiding how many shifts you take because you know that maybe you can't take that. And I also know that's not always realistic because there's a lot of people that need to work or, you know, need to make need to make that bag for the week or for rent or whatever. Um, but that's just like a small example. If you need to not work or if you need to have time for yourself. Yeah, that's what I mean. So my New Year's resolutions. I have a couple. The first is being more creative. I think a big part of my life is the fact that I am creative and people might think, you know, you go to a university where you act every day. Yeah, that's creative, but that can also, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of being forced to do that. I really want to learn how to be more creative again and do things for myself. The second thing is making my mental and physical health both align where I feel content in who I am. I'm going to start with some of the polls. So what I'm going to do is for this episode, I'm going to say one poll and then we're going to talk about it and I'm going to talk about the statistic more. So I asked you all a couple of nights ago some kind of resolutions to some of the issues that I put on the poll. So some of the polls were very straightforward questions and I'm going to talk about them kind of in depth and then we'll go on to the next one. The first question that I asked was, do you struggle to fall asleep at night? 56% of people said yes, and 44% of people said no. Um, personally, what do I think about this? One, I'm very happy for the 16 voters who said that they do not fall asleep, that they, that they easily fall asleep. That is not me. I, I do struggle to fall asleep some nights. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. That is such a lie. I think it's part of my anxiety and my anxiety just keeps me up at night, which brings me back to a resolution. And I just want to like be free in my mind. I don't want to think about things. I don't want things to be worrying me. I want to just sleep peacefully at night. And sometimes there is there are nights where I just cannot sleep because I've just an intense amount of pressure on my chest that I can feel and it's nauseating. I'm not surprised that there's 56 there's more people that said yes that they struggled to sleep than no. I can really though stress myself out when it comes to sleeping. As soon as my head hits that motherfucking pillow, the thoughts could run wild as I said before. But there's a little part of me, like I've met people, especially my brother was talking to me about this and he was telling me how he used to struggle with um, like his sleeping pattern and I noticed that when I would go, when I would go to bed or like when I would have a nap like earlier in the day and I'd go to bed later and let's say like, let's say I needed to pee in the middle of the night. So I wake up because I've got the urge to pee. That habit of waking up at that particular time, like 2am, let's say, to pee, that actually happened to me. Like I woke up in the middle of the night, this might be a bit TMI, but I woke up in the middle of the night needing to pee 
And then every single night after that, for about like three weeks, I woke up at 2am every night, not needing to pee necessarily, but I would just, that was the freaking habit that had occurred. And like, I don't know why, but sleeping, falling back to sleep once you've woken up and like you've gone to the bathroom, you've turned on the lights, like your eyes get adjusted. It is so hard for me to fall asleep. I also spend hours and hours on fucking TikTok, which you know, isn't great for time saving. If anything, it's the worst thing to spend your time on, even though it's so addicting. Um, I did search, however, for everyone asking or wondering what happens or why maybe you're struggling sleeping. I found this article and it said, it has like a summary and it talks about teenagers and why they might be struggling to sleep. And it says, sleep research suggests that a teenager needs between eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. Bruh, I'm literally getting, I don't know what the average amount of sleep would be. Maybe that's another question I should ask. But I definitely sleep, I definitely sleep on average seven hours a night. And I feel like that's a win. Well, there you go. The next one says most teenagers only get about six and a half to seven hours and a half hours of sleep per night. It says teen teens' body clocks naturally shift to make them feel tired later in the evening, but early school starts do not enable them to sleep in one. Oh yeah, obviously because we got fucking high school. Chronic sleep deprivation can have dramatic effects on a teenager's life, including affecting their mental well-being and reducing the, their academic performance at school. Smartphones and other devices uses used around bedtime reduce sleep time yep obviously tiktok thank you avoiding stimulants such as coffee tea soft drink energy drinks in the evening can help to promote better sleep i don't know i think that's cap i mean it's probably not cap but i can have a red bull i won't feel a single effect from red bull i don't know what it is i think it's because i don't have it enough like i don't feel when i have a coffee in the morning i don't i don't feel are the effects of waking up still. Let's go on the next page. It says effects of teenage sleep deprivation. The developing brain of a teenager needs between 8 and 10 hours of sleep every night. The effects of chronic ongoing sleep deprivation may include concentration difficulties, mentally drifting off in class, shortened attention span, memory impairment, Jesus, poor decision making, that's just rude, lack of enthusiasm, moodiness and aggression, Depression, risk-taking behavior, slow physical reflexes, clumsiness, which may result in physical injuries, reduced sporting performance, reduced academic performance, increased number of sick days from... Okay, well, that's just too... Okay, that's that's enough. Now this just feels like bullying. I just said... I feel like we sound like an old person. If we, I feel like it's not that bad. This website's making it sound like having sleep deprivation is the worst thing in the world. Oh, here we go. Preventing sleep deprivation in teenagers. Tips for parents. Try not to argue with your teenager about bedtime. If someone's still fucking getting bedtime, like, requirements, like, if if you're a teenager and your parents like, it's time for bed, sweetie, at 8.30, there's something going on there that's not right. Like, you're independent, you're an adult at this point. Anyway, we'll skip that. I feel like we should go to the next question. But my brother was saying, which I didn't finish before, but my brother said... There's also, like, a thing about dreams and dreaming. Um, I have a fear that when I fall asleep, I'm going to have, like, a dream where I know I'm in a dream and I can't wake up, which 
freaks me out a little bit. Like, it's definitely something that I've thought about before. Because he told me once he had a dream where he was, like, unable to move his entire body and he was in the bedroom. Like, he woke up in his bedroom, but he was in his dream. He woke up in a dream in his bedroom and he couldn't move his entire body. And the only... Apparently, there's a thing where you can help yourself wake up in those situations. Like, it's like you have to... um, pinch yourself in your dream or like turn a light switch that's what he said he did and then he woke up fun fact for you so if you're ever like in a dream and you're not you're in a dream of a dream and you can't get up that's what you should do off to the next poll okay the next one said have you ever experienced a panic attack this was kind of an interesting question question and the reason why i asked it was again these are kind of resolutions questions because I want to see like the ways in which people can kind of start this year and um, write things like go on the website and read things out to other people to kind of work on their panic panic attacks or anything that they're struggling with. 79% of people said yes and 21% of people said no. I find this actually really interesting. I have had a panic attack before. I think I've had maybe three in my life. The first one I struggled to breathe and there's times where I'm just like bawling my eyes out and crying and just not thinking rationally at all. And I don't know why, but I'm kind of surprised at how high this number is at the amount of people who have said yes, that they've had a panic attack, which it's kind of an interesting show of like where we are today and like society and stuff. So the 21% of people said that have said they've never experienced a, a panic attack. I'm super happy for you. Um, and I'm looking at the, you know, demographic of people in the, in the votes of people who have said yes. And they're all kind of, you know, different kind of people and different, yeah, different people. So it kind of proves that, you know, you can have a panic attack and not be not your average Joe. So let's look at how a panic attack can affect teens. Panic attacks can interfere with a child's or adolescent's relationships, schoolwork and normal development. Attacks can lead to not just severe anxiety but also can affect other parts of the child's mood or functioning. Obviously Queen. Let's see what the internet says on how to prevent a panic attack. Panic attacks can become so fear-filled that your teen may even start avoiding places and situations that they attribute to these attacks. I guess some of these, I I guess panic, I'm no doctor, but panic attacks can, from my experience at least, can kind of come out of nowhere and they're these bursts of emotions that you get really overwhelmed by. Like I never thought that I was someone that would maybe have a panic attack But when the moment, uh, when the stars align in the most negative way possible, those things just fucking happen and they're so annoying. It says panic disorder, more common in panic attacks are more common in girls than boys. Panic attacks emerge in adolescents, usually between the ages of 15 and 19. What else? It says five ways to cope with anxiety and panic attacks without using medication. Examine your thoughts. Cognitive behavioural therapy is particular. What is that? CBT. Oh, that, is a, that is something to research for a different date. 
do good for others. Get creative. Get physical. Practice yoga and stay for the whole class. <laughs> I love how it says and stay for the whole class as if there's like a large group of like teenagers who've gone to try to cope with their panic attack without medication and gone to yoga and yet all of them have left halfway. I actually have gone to yoga before and it was very effective. I did enjoy it. I was shaking though. Like I fully signed up for some adult class. I signed up for an adult class and I was like, this is going to be fine. I'm going to go to an adult yoga class. Everyone's going to be chill. No one's going to be a professional yogi. I was fucking wrong. I also did fart during one of my yoga classes which was very very traumatizing yet I don't think anyone knew but I do think they know like side story I was in a night session so I was like very relaxed there was candles going you know lovely music meditation music going and everyone's like half asleep at this point because it was more meditation vibes and then, you know, we're like going into some different poses. And then I went from one pose and I couldn't help it. I didn't even feel the fart coming. Like, and it just like ripped. Yeah, it was pretty traumatic. But that happened. And needless to say, I blamed it on the mat because I was like, no one's going to know. Everyone knew. There's like, it was very intimate as well. It was like a t- five person class. Long story short, go to yoga. And attend the entire class to prevent your anxiety attacks or panic attacks. Off to the next question. Do you have social anxiety? This is an interesting one. Because I feel like I know a lot of people who do suffer from social anxiety. I don't in particular. Like I'm pretty fine socially and I I like talking to strangers and um, I kind of... I kind of like that. That's very enjoyable for me and meeting new people. But I do know a lot of people who do struggle with it. 20, 57% of people said yes, that they do struggle with social anxiety and 16, 43% of people said no. Pretty even. But not as... Not what I was expecting. I was definitely expecting more people to say yes. I kind of love the awkwardness, like, of a conversation when you meet someone new and you're you're clearly just, like, on different wavelengths, mentally, physically, emotionally, and, like, they're just not kind of reciprocating what you're saying. I, I, I live for that, high key. Yeah, there's a lot of people that said yes. Which is comforting because I guess everyone's kind of got this idea that we're a bit nervous to talk to each other, which might be like a nice thing in the future for when you are talking to a stranger. But maybe they have social anxiety too. Do not stress about it. Next question. Do you stick up for what you believe in? This is a very drastic difference. 95% of people said yes, that they do stick up for what they believe in, and 5% of people said no. Okay, personally, I know I'm a pretty out there and loud person, but I would say that I don't often stick up for what I believe in. There is, I know that I can. I know that, I, that it is something that I can do. But I think for the most part, I, I, 
I'm, I have a big people pleaser inside me. And it, that's what I was talking about at the start of the podcast, how I just want to live freely, have my head clear, like listen to my gut, do what I want to do and not give a fuck like what anyone thinks. That's really what I want to strive for and like be good at. I would definitely say I'm in that 5% of people who said that they don't. That's only two votes, by the way. Two people said that they um, do not stick up for what they believe in. But everyone else said 95% of everyone else said 95% of people said that they do, which, yeah, I, I think is kind of interesting. I wonder if some of these people, like, even know whether they do or don't or just because I feel like everyone would like to believe that they do stick up for what they believe in and that they do that they'd want to know that they're strong enough to do that. I think I know that I'm strong enough to stick up for what I believe in, but there's definitely things that I haven't stuck up for myself and I wish I had done because it's really easy to let people walk over you. This is a very small and minute example, but what was I thinking about the other day? You know when you... When someone bumps into you accidentally, like you don't know them, they're a stranger, someone bumps into you accidentally, like it's not confrontational, it's fine. I used to always get triggered this at this when I worked in retail because I constantly got bumped into because the store that I worked used to work at um, was very busy. And when people used to bump into me accidentally and they'd get like, I go, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, why the fuck am I saying sorry? Why am I saying sorry? Like, of course I'm being nice and I like to be nice. But in hindsight, why am I saying sorry? They're the one that hit me. They should be, they should be, you know, bowing. I'm joking. They shouldn't be bowing. But, I mean, that's like a small example, not very realistic example because it's nice to just be courteous. Courteous? I'm going to have to check that. Um, Yeah, it's nice to be courteous. The last, no, this is not the last one, second last. Next one says, do you disappoint yourself a lot? Now, I actually thought, I thought that this would have been the other way around. 45% of people said no. Wait, no. Hold on, let me start again. 45% of people said yes, that they do disappoint themselves. And 55% of people said no. So it was 15 votes said yes and 18 votes said no. I genuinely thought there'd be more people saying yes that they do feel disappointed in themselves. I think as a teenager it's very normal, very common to feel disappointed in yourself because, you know, you do make mistakes. That's also something really good to kind of think about in getting into 2022s. Not hanging on to the things that you've done in your past and just... And just, like, running wild, like, running free. Obviously, don't do anything, like, malicious against anyone, against anyone. But, like, everyone fucking makes mistakes. I feel like everyone just, like, I feel like there's a sense, everyone has lost the sense of forgiveness. Everyone's so, like, quick to just, like, point fingers or so quick to, you know, cut someone off. But I think everyone just needs to remember to forgive them. Forgive themselves and forgive others. Um, yeah, so 45% of people said yes, that they do get disappointed in themselves a lot. And 55% of people said no. 
that they don't feel disappointed in themselves a lot. Let's look. Let's look. Actually, I'm going to search this up because this would be kind of funny. What to do to not disappoint yourself. Okay, we've got the tea here, everyone. So, I am helping you guys step by step getting into this new year with zero expectations. So, I wrote how to not disappoint yourself as a teenager. This is for my 45% of you guys who said that they do feel like they disappoint themselves a lot. Here's how to pick up and move out of I've let myself down land after disappointing yourself. Number one, accept what happened. Yep, thank you. Number two, treat yourself like a friend, not a friend of me. Words of wisdom. Number three, recognize your big expectations. There you go, guys. It's all tying in. There you go. That's actually, genuinely, that's actually like a good point. Realize the bigger thing. Look at the broader picture of things and how life is, you know, very, it's small, but it's big. You know, you've got a life and things are going to change. And probably in 2023, you're not even going to be thinking about this. Number four, distract yourself in brackets in a healthy way. What is distracting yourself in a non-healthy way? <laughs> that feels wrong. Number five, ask yourself the right questions. Okay, now that's just fucked up. I don't even know what are the right questions. Maybe they mean like, did I do something bad? No. Maybe it's like that. Six, adjust for next time and the time for that. That's actually a good, like, ending one. I think everyone should just always learn from their mistakes. I feel like that's the best way to learn. Because once you've done it once, you're never going to do it again unless, you know, you're not into self-growth or anything like that. But it's always helpful. I always look at it that way because then I always know, fuck it, I'm never going to do whatever happened then again because I feel embarrassed or I feel this and blah, 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 blah. Off to the last poll. Here we go. Are you proud of what you've accomplished in your life so far? 85% of people said yes. And 15% of people said no. I Again, I thought this was going to be the other way around. So 28 votes for yes and 5 votes for no. I guess my one question is for the people that have said no and that don't believe that they ha they're not happy with what they've achieved in their life so far. It's like what's stopping you from from doing greater things, you know, of of what's stopping you from going further. But not, you know, not going further in a way that's going to be toxic because that would go against this entire podcast about your expectations. So I guess the things that I'm going to do for my expectations and my resolutions and to actually be proud of myself rather than be disappointed in myself is just be realistic realistic about what I can achieve. So when I mean things about like being more creative, which is something that I really value and makes me feel more me, it's like maybe try once a week, write, I don't know, a poem or something or a script. Um, and... For whatever that is for other people, is that making more money? Maybe, you know, trying to find money in other ways, working hard or, I don't know, whatever that is for you. 
I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. It was a little bit of a unique one, a little bit of a, um, a niche one. I enjoyed filming it, recording it. It was really fun. It's fun to just kind of let my brain go and talk about absolute shit and nonsense. And I will see you guys for the next podcast. I love you.